All right. If you have your Bibles here tonight or today, don't know if it's night or day, uh, but Ephesians chapter 4, if you turn there with me and begin reading in verse 11, and we'll read down to verse 12. And uh, as we stand to our feet here uh, to this evening and uh, read the Scripture. The Word of God is, is such a mighty, powerful Word. Amen. And boy, it cannot come into your life without making a difference. And we pray that that's the case. Chapter 4, verse 11. And He gave some pastors, or some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We do thank you for, again, the Word of God and its truth. And we pray, Father, that you'd open our eyes and hearts concerning a pastor. Lord, that we'd understand it better. It'd be more clearer than ever. Father, that we would just understand your Scripture and what you have to say concerning our pastor, the pastor today that you've given this church. God, I ask you to give us the help to preach, anoint us with your spirit, guard our lips and our mind, and Father, may we be glad when it's all said and done, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. One of the questions I guess already posed is, why do you need a pastor? Or is a pastor important? Or uh, what benefit is there to have a pastor? Does it really matter? If you have a pastor, is it something today that is required in the church of today? You understand, well, back then, maybe that was good. You know, back then, whenever Jesus um, died and was buried and resurrected in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Ghost of God came and the church was empowered. And, and then I can understand how you need pastors during those days to, to get people from Judaism to Christianity, from paganism, heathenism. To Christianity, uh, but we're talking about 2,000 years, almost 2,000 years ago. So is the pastor still that needful? Is he necessary? Uh, what does the Word of God say about that? Uh, a lot of people today say you don't have to have a pastor. A lot of members of churches say that their pastor just isn't that important. To Brother uh, Chris's point that he made earlier today, uh, they don't have a relationship with their pastor. Uh, they don't have the phone number, they don't have uh, the, the, the friendship, the ability, the availability. Uh, you just can't reach them at any time. You can't even talk to them uh, after services and things like that. And, and he doesn't attend any of the, the, the events or the things that are going on. It's just everybody else or associate pastors or whatever. Uh, but you really can't get to know him. Talking about the pastor. So there's really no... No uh, connection, no friendship. And so is that the way that it is? Is that the way it should be? Well, I'm just going to tell you tonight or this evening, what does the Word of God say concerning that pastor? And so we see here the Scripture. Uh, i got two questions I'm going to ask, and we'll close here today. Uh, the first question is this, is where did your pastor come from? Where did your pastor come from? If you have a pastor, and uh, where did he come from? And this is an important question because where he came from is going to make a difference on whether you need to have one, whether you need to have a relationship with him, 
whether you need to have a friendship with him, uh, whether you need to be in partnership with him, is to where he came from. And so we find that answer right here in this, in this verse 11. The Bible says, and he gave some. So the question is, is who is he? It was him that gave uh, the apostles, gave the evangelists, it says, and then he gave prophets and he gave pastors and teachers. And so he gave. And so this evening, and in, in understanding by who he gave, who is he this evening? Well, if you kind of go above and beyond, say like in verse 4, the Bible says, And there is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all, and in you all, and unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. And so we find here in the scripture here, it talks about the gift of Christ. Verse 8 says, Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Who is he? He is Jesus. He is Christ. And so he is where your pastor came from. Now, what did he do with your pastor in order for you to have him as you do? Well, I noticed that he came from Jesus, talking about the pastor here. It was Jesus that placed in him into one body. See, in order for you to have a pastor here that's from Jesus, he's got to be part of the body. Amen? You're not going to have a pastor that's from Jesus who isn't part of the body. You're part of the body, and the pastor's part of the body. We're all part of the body. Jesus is the head. And that's where your pastor come from. You, he come from a body. He come from my body, Jesus would say. And so if you have a pastor that's sent from Jesus, you're going to know right off the bat that he was in the body before you got him. Before Jesus has sent him to you, he was in the body of Christ. And in the body of Christ, then Jesus has sent him to you out of the body. And so Jesus isn't going to pick somebody for you, choose somebody for you that's outside of the body of Christ. He's going to choose somebody who's within the body of Christ. So your pastor that you have, if Jesus sent him, or Jesus is where he came from, he will be uh, placed in the body of Christ. That's Jesus' body. Number two, he's going to be filled with one spirit. And that spirit is Jesus' spirit. It says that in that verse 4. Even as uh, in one spirit. So that, that man that God has sent to you to be your pastor, not only is he in one body, which is Jesus' body, but he is filled with one spirit, and that is the spirit of Jesus. Amen? That's Christ's spirit. And so you can rest assured and be, a, and be assured this evening that if God sent you, Jesus sent you your pastor, that he will be a spirit-filled man. He will be full of the spirit of Christ. That he would be indwelled in the spirit of Christ. He would be one today that would have one spirit. Bible says there's only one spirit. There's only one body. And he would have both. The, say, the third thing I want you to know is Jesus gave him one hope. My hope, he says. That the pastor that God would give to you, he would give him only one hope. And that hope is the only hope you have, the only hope I have, and that's Jesus. Amen. And so the pastor that you, Jesus has sent to you, he would tell you, show you, reveal to you, manifest to you, the only hope he has is Jesus, and the only hope he tells you is Jesus. 
only one hope. The th fourth thing that this man that God would send to you as your pastor, Jesus would have showed him one Lord. That's my Lordship, Jesus would say, and he is Lord. And so the pastor that you have from Jesus, uh, Jesus would be his Lord. Jesus would be the one who's in charge of him and rulership of him. He'd be the one who controls of him. He is the Lord. Jesus is the one whom he would love and look to and live after. He'd be the one that would govern his life. He'd be the one that would bring forth uh, the supremacy in his heart that Jesus is Lord. That's the pastor that God, Jesus, would send to his church. Number five, uh, Jesus would grant unto him one faith. That's the faith of Jesus. We find that there in that verse 5, one faith. And so the faith that you have is the same faith that he had. And the pastor that you have that God sent to you would have the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. It wouldn't be his own faith. It wouldn't be a made-up faith. It wouldn't be man's faith. It would be the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that's Christ's faith. That's who Jesus sends to his church. Not only does he send uh, and place him into one body and fill him with one spirit and give him one hope and, and show him one Lord, grant him one faith, but he baptizes him with one baptism. And so you find that's my baptism. Jesus will baptize you with fire and uh, with the spirit of God. For the Bible teaches us that, that we're all baptized uh, by one spirit into one body. And so this, this evening, the pastor that Jesus would send to Glory Baptist Church would be a one who's been baptized by Christ. He would be baptized in the one baptism. Not talking about water baptism, but talking about spiritual baptism. We find here uh, that Jesus would reveal to him one God. That's my Godhead. And we find there in that verse, verse uh, 6, one God. And so that pastor that God would send to glory about this church would have one God. Amen? He wouldn't have many gods. He has one God, and that God would be Jesus. That God would be uh, the Godhead, uh, Jesus, this, this evening. And, and you would know that because he would say that. He would preach that. He would identify that, that there's only one God, and that God is Jesus. And so I'm talking about the pastor that God would send to Glory Baptist Church. He would have one God. And then lastly, we find uh, that Jesus would lead him to one father. We find that in verse 6, and father of all. And that would be my father, Jesus would say. My father whom I served, my father whom I pleased, my father whom I had relationship with, and my father and I who are one is the father that the pastor that I send to the church that's his father too. Amen. And so we find that it's very clear, very plain in the Scripture uh, that this Jesus, that this Jesus Christ that you and I love and care for, that he would send, he would give uh, this pastor to uh, the church. Lastly, we find that Jesus gifted uh, him for one purpose, and that is for his purpose. You have a pastor, and Jesus sent your pastor it isn't for your purpose. It isn't for his purpose. It's for Jesus' purpose. We find that because where the gift come from. Verse 7, the Bible says, Unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So that gift that he gifts to the preacher or to the pastor to come to Glory Baptist Church is a gift come from Christ. And then he says in verse 8, the Bible says, and gave gifts unto all, unto all the men. 
And so it's just very clear, very plain that this one who gave, who gave the church a pastor is one that gifted that pastor. He's the one who put the gift within that pastor, and he's not going to send a pastor out uh, to one who's not gifted. Amen? If you find a church that has a pastor that's not gifted, he's not from God. God don't send men to church without being gifted. We find that in the Scripture here. And so we find, where did your pastor come from? He came from Jesus. Amen? And so you have to identify with that. You've got to recognize that. If you would believe that or if you would agree with that, uh, that's between you and God. Amen? Uh, but if you could come to the conclusion in your heart and your mind, I, I go to Glory Baptist Church and my pastor's brother Larry, and he came from Jesus. Amen? That's the truth. Now, you don't have to believe that. You can mock that. You can make fun of that, or you can just deny it altogether. That's okay. You do what you please, but I'm letting you know of all that I just spoke of, what Jesus will do with the man that he has sent your way, uh, friend, will be one that comes from Jesus. Not only does he come from Jesus, but he came by Jesus. Amen? In other words, he came by Jesus, and there in that verse 7, that word, the word used as a gift, the gift of Christ. And then he says there in verse 8, gave gifts unto men. That word gifts of Christ means a present, a present. And so in looking at that from that perspective, uh, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus gives presents to it. And the present that Jesus gave to his church, Glory Baptist Church, is his pastor. Now I know that I don't, not too good of a gift, but... The fact of the matter is, according to the Scripture, I'm a present to you. <laughs> I'm a pre now. I, I can't hardly, I can't hardly understand all that, and I got to preach it today. It'd be much easier somebody preaching this about the pastor than the pastor preaching about him being a present. Amen. But I got to tell you the truth and tell you God's word. That word "gift" means a present. Amen. It means a gift. And so as you are in this church and you're a member of this church and you're, you're attending this church and I am your pastor, uh, Jesus gave you me. And when he gave you me, he said, I'm going to give you a present. Amen. Amen. And so he gives the definition of this present. It's pretty, it's pretty uh, amazing. But it means this. It means to give one something for an advantage. In other words, what Jesus is saying to the church of Glory Baptist Church, I have given you Brother Larry as a present so that you can have an advantage. Ain't that something? Now, I, I'm not preaching about me or I'm not preaching of me. I don't want you to think I'm being boastful or I'm being arrogant or I'm being very uh, proudful this, this, morning, this evening. I, I don't even know how else to preach it except just tell you the truth. But the pastor of the church will bring an advantage in your life. Amen. The present that Jesus gives you, which is the pastor, is something that don't hurt you, don't harm you. It don't, uh, it don't bring you down. It's an advantage. That's what Jesus said about the pastor to the church. And also what it means in that word gift there, it means this. It means to supply, furnish of necessary things. And so Jesus is saying to his church, hey, church, I'm going to supply you and I'm going to furnish you for some necessary things. Okay, Lord, what is that? Your pastor. 
your pastor, the present I gave to you. He was going to supply and furnish you the necessary things in your life. Hey, you say, well, man, I didn't know that. Well, that's what Jesus said. He said, that's what I'm going to do. I am going to give the church a present, and that present will be one that will supply and furnish necessary things. But number three, it means to reach out and extend. Jesus said, I'm going to take my church, and I'm going to reach out to them, and I'm going to extend them so they can be more than they ever been before, then go further than they ever went before, and they're going to need a present, and that present is the pastor. So when I gave them a gift, I gave them something that reached out and extended. If you're ever going to be more than you're ever going to be, you're ever going to go further than you're ever going to go further, you're going to have to receive the present that Jesus has given to the church. Amen? And so we find uh, that this gift also means, according to the way of definition, it means to give to one's care and trust and and commitment. And so when they says, I give this gift, I give this present, I give it to the church so the church can care for it. And for the church can entrust in it, and then it can commit to it. And so what the, Jesus is saying to the church, church, I'm giving you a present, and I want you to take care of it. I remind, I remind my dad, my dad would give a present to somebody, and, uh, and he would say to them after they get the present, He'd say, now, if you don't like it, throw it away. You ain't going to hurt my feelings. He said, you can give it to somebody else if you want to. I don't care. You can, you can tear it up. I, I give it to you, and you do whatever you want with it. Because a lot of people, you give a gift, right? And if you don't take that gift and go put it right on the top of the table, they get all offended, right? Or if they were, give you something and you don't go put it on right away, and they don't think you like it. All right, they give, you, they give you a card, and you don't read it, and you don't say, oh, how beautiful the words are, how great this sounds. This, oh, this means so much to me. If you don't go through all that drama, they feel like they get offended and they get their feelings hurt. You ever been there before? I mean, you got put on a show. I mean, it's just a gift. I mean, but you got to make a big hoop to do over it, right? Or they just get all bent out of shape, get crooked. You know, but my dad used to tell them right up front, hey, you don't like it, throw it away. But Jesus said, I gave you, I've given the church, my church, a present and take care of it. Not only do you take care of the present I'm going to give to you, but you need to be committed to it. Be committed to the present. And then he said, not only that, but you need to entrust to this present that I'm giving to you, that gift. It also means to give to what is due. And so what you have this evening at Glory Baptist Church for 26 years now, you got a church that's due me. <laughs> I don't get all that. Don't I, I'm so, I come so short. I come so far away. I got so much to learn. I'm so undeserving and so unworthy. I'm very humble and I'm very uh, uh, just a setback for what God has done in 26 years and, and what he's still doing today and that I would be still uh, the one that be considered the president of Glory Baptist Church. But at the same time, Jesus said that I give the gift and this gift is what's due to you. It's humbling to me to think that I am what's due to you because I know me and you're not deserving of that. And I'm not saying you're not deserving of that in a proudful way, but you're not deserving of that because I'm just not anything. I think you deserve more than what I am. You deserve what more than I can give and that I can have. And so in any way, Jesus is giving that word give means to give to what is due. It means to give as a reward. 
I never thought in my, all the years of my pastoring that I would be a reward. <laughs> you say, man, a reward like that, Lord, you must not like me much. But a reward like this, Jesus says, I give a gift, a present, and I give it to the church as a church as a reward. Your pastor today is a reward to you. Your pastor is what's due to you. Your pastor is, is give to you without a cause. That's what a present is. Jesus said, I'll give it to you without a cause. You don't have to have a reason. You don't have to have a justification. I'm just going to take this pastor. I am going to save his soul. I am going to put him in the body. I am going to fill him with his spirit. I am going to give him my faith. I'm going to baptize him with my spirit and fire. And I am going to let him know of my father. And I am going to give him uh, uh, what he needs in order to go. And I'm going to present him as a present to my church. And this is what my church will have. And this is what I give to my church uh, without a cause. Not because you deserve it. Not because you've earned it. Not because you did anything. Just because I give the present to the church. Amen. And so we find a different kind of way of looking at a pastor here this evening. That he's just not a man that came and got saved out of Parkwood Baptist Church and, and trained other brother Mark Thrift and, and pastored, associate pastor for seven years and, and come here and, and uh, he's just not that man. It goes deeper than that. It goes further than that. It goes more spiritual than that. It goes more in a furtherance of that, that it was a long time ago, way before any of us was ever born, that God in his sovereignty knew that I'd be born on this day, on that time, and saved on this time and that day, and I would be under that preacher and under that church, and, and how this church at Glory Baptist Church would need a present. And God would send that present. And that present is now here and has been here for some time. And now you need to know that your pastor is just a present to you. Amen. Now think tonight or this evening if you ever look at Brother Larry in the way that Jesus has given the church. You might look at him in a different way than the way of just being a man. Just being somebody that is just flesh and bone. Being somebody who's just, you know, can be replaceable and he can. Or be, or be traded out and he could. But since God has laid him here and put him here as the pastor, we find where did my pastor come from? He come from Jesus. Where did my pastor come from? He came by Jesus. Where did my pastor come from? He came in Jesus. But if I'm there in that verse, verse 8, he says, and he gave gifts unto men. Not only did, did he give the church this present, but he gave gifts unto the preacher, unto the man. He granted, this gift was granted by Jesus. The gift that I have, the gift to today as, as it would be of the gift of prophecy, which means just foretelling rather than foretelling. We find uh, that it would be a gift that it would come and be granted by Jesus. Whatever gift I have here tonight, whatever gift that I have received of the Lord has been granted by Jesus. I didn't ask for it. I did, it wasn't one day where I was, got saved and I said, okay, Lord, I want to preach. Lord, I, I want to be a preacher. Please give me the gift. Give me that gift. Not one time have I ever prayed. Not one time I ever asked. Not one time I ever begged God. Never, ever, ever did I seek the Lord to be a preacher or to be a pastor. Not one time. 
It was the time that Jesus saved me and filled me with his spirit. And back in 1989, uh, during a service that we were having, and God just laid on my heart and said, I'm calling you to preach. He granted that gift to me. Not because I was looking for it, not because I wanted it, not because I was seeking it. He granted it. Number two, not only did he grant the gift, as he says, he gave gifts unto men, but he developed by Jesus. He began to develop within me. He began to put work within me. I never, ever, ever asked to preach in any place, in anywhere, never I preached in nursing homes. I preached in, in the prisons. I preached in the jails. I, I preached in the Star Hopes. I preached in the women's shelters. I preached in churches. I preached in mission fields. I preached in, in a lot of places. But never did I ask one time. And it was all Jesus developing the gift. So he granted the gift. He developed the gift. I'm talking about your pastor. Just so you know that this isn't some glamorous job. That this isn't some wonderful career. Like this right here, if you want to make some money, go be a preacher. I mean, listen, friend, if you want a retirement out of this world, preach. I tell you, if you want a savings to build up real fast, if you want to have everything in the world you want, go be a pastor. Because they are just flowing with money. That's a joke. We find today that this gift was granted by Jesus, it was developed by Jesus, and then it was empowered by Jesus. When he began to develop the gift within me, then all of a sudden it become empowered by Jesus. I can't, I can't take the gift that he's given me and do anything with it unless he empowers it. Unless he's the one who fills me and anoints me. And he's the one that takes the gift that he has developed in me and he begins to use it, begins to portray it and project it out. Because within myself, I can do nothing. Within me, I cannot at all have any ability of any kind. It's him that's empowering. And so we find he has granted the gift. He has developed the gift. He has empowered the gift. And he has engaged the gift. And he is the one who's brought the engagement. It's not the man. So when you have a pastor as you do, it's not the man. It's God that gave the gift. It's him that empowered the gift. It's him that engaged the gift. It's him that developed the gift. And so every Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night, when you come to the house of God and you hear the preacher, you hear the pastor preaching, uh, you can't look at him as the man. You've got to look at him and say, look, this is what God has developed. This is what God is empowering. This is what God has granted. This is what God has given us a present. He's gifted this man. And now it's not the man. It's not his ability. It's not his flesh. It's all Christ. So whatever you see in me, whatever you hear of me, whatever you, you, you like in me, whatever that you find pleasurable with me, whatever preaching that touches your heart, or whatever words that come forth and moves and stirs you, and the, the things that you even said today, friend, has all been orchestrated and all's been developed and put forth by Jesus and Jesus alone. 
so it's not me at all. I'm just, just a vessel. I, I'm just, I'm just the, the one like the mouthpiece. I, I'm just one that said, one day, Lord, I'll be that one for you. Lord, I, I'll do what you want me to do. And back then in 1989, he took me serious. And then all of a sudden he began to bring me and develop me, empower me, engage me. And now here we sit. So we find in this, where did your pastor come from? He came from Jesus. He came by Jesus. He came in Jesus. It's about Jesus. You see, Jesus gave a present to the church. And it's your pastor. Amen? It's up to you now what you do with the pastor. Three things I want you to notice, and we'll move to the next point, and we'll close. I only got two points today, Brother Keith. I want be careful, be careful how you treat your pastor. Say, why? He's just like a man like me. We put our pants on the same way. Yeah, but he came from Jesus. He came by Jesus. And he came in Jesus. You better be careful how you treat your pastor. Be careful. Number two, not only be careful how you treat your pastor, but be cautious how you speak to your pastor. Be cautious. There was a time in the day of Korah whenever they treated the man of God. God opened up the earth. Thousands died that day. David had a chance to take and kill Saul, but he said, I'll not touch God's anointed. You better be careful today on how you treat your pastor because Jesus gave him to you as a present. You better be careful how you talk to him, how you speak to him. The words that you may say, the comments that you may make, and I'm talking about the comments that you may, may make in front of him and the comments that you make behind his back and the comments that you make at your kitchen table or at your love seat at your house. You better be cautious on what you say anywhere and everywhere because God has ears to hear. And if Jesus sent your pastor... And Jesus is the one who gave you his, the present to you. You've got to be careful and cautious on how and what you do with that present. And then thirdly, I want you to notice before we go on, you must be compassionate on how you handle him because Jesus sent him. Anything that Jesus has done for you, you've got to be compassionate. You've got to be thankful. You have got gratitude in your heart. You got to come a place. Jesus gave me this present. Not just any man gave me the present. Jesus gave me the present. And the present he gave me is my pastor. I must be compassionate on how I handle him. Because Jesus gave him to me. Amen. And so we find where did your pastor come from? Number two, why did your pastor come to you? Why? Well, we know that Jesus is the one who, who gave you your pastor, but why? Now, there's a misconception that you, that you came to your pastor. But the truth is, and reality is, is that your pastor came to you. Let me say that again. 
The misconception is, is when you come to this church, you say, I came to the pastor. But what you don't realize and what you don't understand is you didn't come to me. I came to you. Jesus gave you the present. You don't come to Glory Baptist Church and just say, okay, I'm ready to receive my present. No. Jesus sends you to Glory Baptist Church and says, okay, now I give you the present. You come to church and God gives you the present. Amen. The misconception is, is I came to the pastor. Nobody in this room came to the pastor. Everybody in this room, the pastor came to you. Amen. No matter if you just showed up or you come here or whenever you did, that's how it works. You can't, Jesus will not, cannot give the church a present and you feel like that you come to get it. <laughs> hey, ain't that something? I mean, that's like going home today, say it's your birthday today, and you go next door neighbor and walk and knock on the door and say, I'll come here to pick up my present. That's a wild thing right there, right? <laughs> that's exactly what we're talking about. And so we find uh, that why did your pastor come to you? Number one, as a sheep, you need a shepherd. That's why. We find in verse 11, the Bible says, some pastors. That word pastor there, it is a word that means shepherd. If you look at the definition, the meaning of it, it means shepherd. And so God has given the church a present, and that present is a shepherd. And the reason why he gave the church a shepherd is because you're a sheep. Amen? All of us are sheep. I know that some of y'all think others are goats. But all of God's people are sheep, okay? I said I was driving today on a pole that said the black sheep. We're not the black sheep, amen? We're all sheep, sheep of the fold of God. But in the sheep of the fold of God, God said, I need a shepherd to shepherd my sheep. And so I'm going to give the church a present, and it will be a shepherd. Because sheep need protection. Sheep are some of the weakest animals. Sheep are the most non-fighting animals. I mean, they can't, they can't defend themselves. I mean, they don't have anything to defend themselves. What are they going to do? Take their little fur and kind of fur up their big old animal or something? Or take their little, their, they have no defensive mechanism. They don't have big teeth. They don't have big claws. They don't have horns. Uh, they don't have big legs to kick. Uh, they, they, are, uh, they have no way of fighting. Sheep. I mean, you can beat up sheep easy. Every animal in all the world can take a sheep down. Well, spiritually speaking, sheep, God's church, God's people, are easily taken down. And you need a protection. So that's why he said, I'm going to send you a protector, a shepherd, a pastor. But not only do, does a sheep need protection, but they need provision. You know, a sheep don't go out and just go out and get their own food. I mean, sheep are not out there like wild sheep. Sheep are in a, in a field. Sheep have a shepherd. Sheep have, uh, they're all led to the grass. They're all led to the water. They're all led uh, to, the, to the food. They're all led to slaughter. <laughs> Everything about a sheep, you're not going to find. They're going to follow a sheep. If a sheep's in a good green pasture, and one sheep over here gets out over here in this broken fence, and all, there's no good pasture over there. The water's dirty, got all kind of uh, 
bugs and things like that, everybody will follow that one out of the fence and go into the dirty water when they got clean water over here. That's just how sheep are. And so they need provisions. They need provisions to where they are. And that's what shepherds do. They bring the provisions to where they are. And they might take a herd and move them on down the valley. It may move them on down over here. But they always take them to where the provisions are. Because they can't get their own provisions. So God says, I need, I need a shepherd to provide for my sheep. So protection and provision. And we find here as well as these sheep that we, we look at in a, in, a, in a physical sense that they, they need precision. Uh, because they, they need to know precisely what to do. You ain't going to tell a sheep, hey, sheep, uh, just go over there. It ain't going to know what to do. I mean, it just, it's, that's not that smart. So they need some leadership. They need some guidance. You see, sheep need to be led. And I'm a sheep as well. And I had to be led. And we all got to be led. Amen. Because we're prone to just get lost. Right? I mean, as a sheep of God, if somebody don't just keep their finger on top of us, they don't keep on preaching to us, they don't keep on leading us, they don't keep on calling us, they don't keep on saying, hey, okay, come on now, come on now, we would just get lost. That's right. So sheep are easily lost. I tell you something else that sheep they do that they need to be led because they get lost. But then they get lost, but they get injured. Sheep are always getting injured. They're, they're always hurting their legs. They're always getting parasites. They're always uh, got something going on. They're always hurting something. And the sheep of God are always injured. I mean, they're so easily offended. They're so, they're so with the place where everything has to be just like it has to be all the time. Perfect. And the sheep are injured. And so they need somebody to lead. And then the sheep are prone to just getting careless. They just wander off. I mean, here you are. You have your shepherd, and you have, you have the protection there. You have the provision there, and he's led them to this field here. Uh, they'll just start wandering off, and you got to go get them and pull them by the neck and bring them back into the fold. Say, come on now. Get back over here and get back in the group, you know, where one sheep goes off, and Jesus finds one sheep, right? He brings them back, and, and the, 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 it has a little hook on their, on their stick, a little hook. They hook it by the neck of that sheep and say, come on, get back in line here. That's what sheep do. That's how sheep live. And that's what we do. And God said, I need a shepherd because you're a sheep. And so why did God send you a pastor? Because you're a sheep. Right? You need a shepherd. And number two, I noticed that uh, as students, you need a teacher. The Bible says there in that scripture there, verse 11, and teachers, pastor, teacher. All of us that are saved are disciples. What are disciples? Pupils. Right? We're all students. We're all learning. We all want to learn. We always want more. And so we need a teacher. Uh, that word there, teacher, means one who gives instruction. And so we need instructions. It's one who gives directions. We need directions. It's one who gives inspiration. 
one who inspires the people, one who not only tells them how to do it, uh, that he encourages them to do it and then inspires them to do it. And that's what a teacher is. Teacher's not just one to tell you, hey, hear this and hear that, but he's one to teach and direct and inspire not only by his word, but by his walk. Right? That's the pastor teacher. As you, as I tell you, you watch me. Right? Then if, if I'm not going to do it, then you don't do it either, right? Follow me as I follow Christ. That's what Paul said. And so we find a teacher, and the reason why is because you're a student. A student of God's Word, and so a disciple. So he says, I'm going to send you a teacher. And then here, thirdly, we notice that the why that Jesus would send you a pastor is because you're a saint. And you need a preacher. Look there in that verse, in that verse, uh, uh, verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints. You're a saint. Amen? That's what the children of God are called, saints. And because you're a saint, you're going to need a preacher. It's called, in Acts chapter 14, verse 23, they're called elders. Now, what is an elder? An elder is one who is aged. In other words, an elder is one who's aged in the scriptures, aged in the ministry, one who has some wisdom, one who has some abilities and some experiences so that you as the sheep can come to the aged and say, hey, listen, I'm facing this. I'm in that. What do you think about this? So that's what a preacher would be, an elder. Another word that would describe this, this pastor, this preacher, this Shepherd would be the word bishop. Now, the word bishop in 1 Timothy 3, verse 1 through 3, is representing authority. A bishop is one who has authority. And that's what you need in a preacher is one who has authority. That can make some decisions. That can make some choices. That can say, this is the direction we're going in. This is what we're going to hold to. No, we're not going to go to the. We're not going to go this direction in the wokeness. No, we're not going to bow down to to this. There, we're going to stay straight. We're going to stay strong, and we're going to keep going. Authority, not a, not to be authority over your lives at home, not to be authority over your lives and your finances, not to be authority of what you do on your private time or on your home time, whether you watch a dirty movie while you listen to. Uh, worldly music or or why you watch pornography and all that i hope you don't do all that but i'm not the authority of that i am the authority of here and what direction and how we're going and where we're headed in the vision and the in the very work that we need to do that's a bishop another word that would describe this pastor not only elder and bishop but it's called overseer an overseer would be one in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 2. He says, feed the flock. The one who has the ability to feed your soul with the word of God. So the one with the ability, the one that's aged, the one with authority. See, see, God saves you, and then God sends you a preacher. That's how it works. If you say you don't need a preacher, then you don't need God. If you say, I don't have to go to church, Fred, you've got a problem. Everyone who's saved, God sends them a present. Preacher, a pastor. 
And whenever people say to you, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian, they're a liar. And then they called God to be a liar because God said you got to have a pastor. If you're a saint, you're going to have to have a time of a place of to grow. The Bible says to perfect in that verse, that verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints. Do you know that when you got saved, you just got saved, but you haven't grown? Do you know how you're going to grow? By a pastor. You're not going to grow without a pastor. There's going to be no perfecting of the saints without a pastor. You say, well, brother, I don't know if that's true or not. Well, read the scripture. Read verse 11 and read verse 12. What does it say? It says that God gave some pastors, teachers, for the perfecting of the saints. You will not grow one ounce without a pastor. And to say you can, you're a Christian and you don't have to go to church is a fallacy. It's a lie out of hell. But I can say to you, friend, that you'll never go further with God unless you have a pastor. Not only does it mean to grow, that word perfect there, but it means to blossom. If you're going to not only grow, but you're going to blossom. You're going to be able to live on your two on two feet. You're going to be able to live uh, outside the walls of the church. And you're going to be able to take care of your family, take care of your home, take care of your own place, and take care of what God has given you to do. And then have a ministry at that and go about witnessing and telling others about Jesus. I'm talking about blossoming. you got to have a pastor. You'll never blossom. You can be saved without a pastor. But you can't grow, and you can't blossom. i tell you thirdly what this word perfecting means. It means not only blossoming, but it means to enlarge. To enlarge your life with God. To live larger for the Lord than you ever lived before. you got to have a pastor. Now, some of y'all, in the way of speaking today, has kind of spoke of those terms. For example... Brother Larry, after hearing your preaching, I've learned so much. You've enlarged. Right? You've enlarged. You say, Brother Larry, I mean, I went to a lot of churches and heard a lot of preaching, and it just seems like, man, every time you preach, you just preach the truth. Enlarging. You see, that's what a pastor is for. To enlarge you. To blossom. To grow. The last word, it means to multiply. To perfect the saints means to multiply the saints. That you get so confident and you get so full and you get so uh, uh, so uh, full of boldness that you go to your spouse and tell them about Jesus. Tell your children. You tell your family. You tell your friends and your neighbors. Hey, let me tell you, I got a pastor that I have grown and blossomed and enlarged. Never, never knew all that I ever knew. I'll never imagine that I would know what I know about the things of God. And you begin to multiply. Isn't that what God would want today? Question is, do you need a pastor? The answer is yes. Where did the pastor come from? Come from Jesus. And why did he come? He came because you're a sheep. Because you're a student. Because you're a saint. Amen. And amen.
Lastly, and I'll close with this, as a servant, you are, as being saved, you need a minister. Look at verse 12, for the work of the ministry. You need somebody to explain to you the ministry. Because when you got saved, you had no idea what the ministry was. But you need somebody to explain that to you. Number two, you need somebody to organize that for you. Let me ask you a question tonight. Have you ever been on Saturday morning visitation? You never went unless we put that in order. Right? Many, many people won't ever do anything unless there's something organized to do it. Very, very few Christians today take upon themselves to go out and do the work of the ministry. Very few do. The most of the time, if you're ever going to do anything for God, it's because it's going to come through an organization of a church that has put the ministry into action. This is what we do. This is what time we're going to go. This is what you say. This is what you give. This is why you do it. And then you organize it. You perform the ministry. Then you accomplish the ministry. It's all about the pastor and the leadership that he gives. Then he's to build you up. Verse 12, it says, for the edifying of the body of Christ. The pastor that you need is to build you up, to encourage you, to confirm you, to honor you, and to reward you. I am grateful for these gifts that God in Christ has given to his church. Amen. The last responsibility I have out of the three is to make sure that you're encouraged. Every time when we preach at the end of the service, I have to know, hey, you fed my soul. And I'm encouraged. Oh, I've got some things going on in my life, but that word there helped me. It might help me in the way of conviction. It might help me in the way of, of new, something I've learned. It might be in the way of comforting. It might be in the way of, listen, brother, you give me some hope. But the fact of the matter is encouragement, edifying of the body of Christ. That's why God sent you a pastor. Let's stand our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Some of y'all already shut your eyes. And so I didn't want to say shut your eyes while it go because you'd probably just go right to sleep. If you saw what I saw just while it go, you'd laugh. Some of y'all, some of y'all was almost there. Almost. Almost. I guess today we just need to know that why? Why do I have a pastor? And I pray that I helped you with that today. You just be obedient to the Lord. You sing, Brother George. You need to come and say, Brother. You say, Lord, I, I just need to do better with my pastor. I just, I haven't looked at him from that point of view. I've criticized him. I've asked, I've really talked to him ugly. I've really spoke to him and, or maybe just walking by him and don't even shake his hand. Don't even acknowledge that he's even standing there. Have no appreciation for him at all. And he's the very present that Jesus gave to you. Help us, Lord. Help us.
Help us to receive it. And help us to act upon it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray and be dismissed. I love you, church. May the Lord bless you. We pray that you have a great evening and get some rest. I know we're all tired. Brother Chris, will you dismiss us here today, my brother?